Hello everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Connecting the Dots with your host Joseph Brownlee. Welcome to Bible study time. Are you ready? Are you ready for some Bible study for the church, for the body of Christ? You know what I'm going to do now? I'm going to do you all a favor and myself a favor as well. I'm going to get right in to Bible study. I want to get every minute that I can teaching my brothers and sisters of Christ the word of God and how to connect the dots. Now, for the ones just tuning in or the ones that, that has been following along with me, I have been studying the book of Colossians. The book of Colossians, if you want to know more about that and, and, and kind of catch up on what was going on, I advise you to go make a reverse turn and go back to the previous shows, the previous podcasts, and catch up that way. Because what I'm going to do from now on, I'm going to get right into the meat of Bible study. And I will just ask you to just go back and catch up on everything. Start with there first, if you may, and then come back to the last podcast that I have done. And I'm going to tell you why this is going on and why I so much spread it out. You know, I, I try to find some time to give some announcements of what's going on in my ministry and everything to uh, benefit the church and everything like that. So without any further ado, for the ones that's been following along, I stopped at Colossians 3, 1 to 7. Colossians 3, 1 to 7. So what I'm going to do now to at least try to give you 25 to 30 minutes before I make an announcement of what I'm doing now. And hopefully it could be a blessing for others and everything that's looking for a visual way of learning the word of God. I'm going to get into that. But right now, let's go to, uh, if you have your King James Bible, go to Colossians 3. And we're going to uh, start at 7, where I left off in the last show. Colossians 3, and let's start at 7. I'll give you time to open up your Bible. Preferably the King James Bible, if you may, or if you have, if not, it's okay. Just follow along with me. Colossians 3 and 7, which I left off the last podcast. Colossians 3 and 7. Now, let's, let's start. In which ye also walked sometime when you lived in them. In which ye also walked sometimes when you lived in them. Verse 8. But now ye also put off all these. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Now, since that kind of sounds like you need some more meat with that, let's go to verse 5. I should have done that at first. So. Colossians 3 and 5 goes like this. Now, first of all, I want you to understand this. The uh, writers of this book and the author of this book is the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul is talking to a mature church, a mature church. And he's talking uh, to this church, explaining them how to be one in Christ. It's more like uh, a teaching on our conduct, how we should live, how we should stand together, and what things we need to do to build ourselves up. And it's also teaching us about the sufficiency of Christ and the togetherness of the body. Now, that's all I'm going to give you right now. So basically, I want you to understand that the author is the Apostle Paul. The audience is the church, which is the body of Christ. And I believe the majority of this church is Gentiles. Not saying that there not any, there's not any Jews in it, but I believe the majority of this crowd is Gentiles. But the body of Christ, all of Paul's letters, all 13 of his letters is specifically aimed at the church, the body of Christ. Not unbelievers, only believers. So I want, I want you to get out there. I gave you a little short uh, breakdown of that. And why Paul is talking to the believers this way. He's thanking them. He's keeping them in prayer because, like I said, these are more mature believers, I believe. And these are the ones that has been faithful. If you go through the earlier, uh, the previous chapters, one and two, you will get that. You will get that. That's why I just recommend you that you do that. Okay. So, let's start at five. Colossians 3 and 5. Okay. Let's go to four. Let's go to four, give him more of a context in the play before I go right to uh, verse seven. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, 
then shall you also appear with him in glory. Remember, I broke down the appearing. And what does Paul mean? We shall appear with him in glory. Or other words, that's keeping it to the audience he was talking to back then, which is the body of Christ. It also appears to us, but just let's keep it in context. We appearing with Christ is talking about the catch the way of the church. It's not talking about saints coming back with Christ and we're going to appear with him in his coming back. I explained that the last time. This appearing means the catching the way of the church, which many people know and many churches know as the rapture of the church. So we will appear with him. In other words, when Christ comes, he will not set his foot on the earth. We will meet him in the air. Therefore, we will appear with him in the air during the rapture, at the time of the rapture. So that's what I broke down the last time I left off it, okay? So, when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall we also appear with him in glory. We shall meet him in the air. Five, this is what we have to do within ourselves to grow. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth. Fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection or unnatural affection, evil concupiscences, covetousness, and adultery. But you notice after, what comes out after four is this. In other words, it's almost like Paul is saying, be prepared. We must get ourselves ready. And he's telling the church, we must be prepared when the rapture comes. Uh, but when he comes and we will meet him in the air, verse five is is, is sounded like he said we must prepare ourselves, mortify ourselves, get prepared. See, get these things, take these things off. It didn't say he was going to do it or God was going to do it. These are things that we must take off. Fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is adultery. Okay, so you got that part. We must get ourselves together before this catching away comes. And remember, Paul at that time thought he would be in the rapture. Paul at that time was looking at it that the catching away of the church can happen any time. So that's, they was looking for the catching away of the church, the rapture of the church any time. Just like we are today, even back then, thousands of years ago, Paul was looking for the catching away of the church. So he was preparing the body of Christ. That or just like telling them it can happen anytime. So therefore, this is the way we should be living. This is the things we should not be doing, committing fornication and, and all the evil concupiscence and covetousness. We need to prepare ourselves until that blessed hope comes, which is the catching away of the church. Okay, verse six. For which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. Remember I explained that the children of disobedience is the unsaved. It's not talking about the body of Christ. The children of disobedience is the unsaved. Verse seven. And this one I'm going to start on. And which ye also walked. Or, in other words, the way you used to walk. This is the way they used to walk or we used to walk. And the which ye also used to walk sometime when ye lived in them. Verse 8. But now you also put off all these. Here's another put off. Anger. Wrath. Malice. Blasphemy, malice, evil intentions and stuff like that against another malice. Blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Okay? Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds. Verse 10. And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge, after the image of him that created him. Verse 11. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew. Circumcision, no uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond, nor free. But Christ is all and in all. And then I'm going to end it right here and try to break down these verses. Verse 12. Therefore, I'm adding the therefore if you got the King James Bible. But it says, put on therefore as the elect or the chosen of God, holy and beloved bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, and long suffering. Now. What I want you all to understand, and, and including myself, you notice in verse 5, what was the requirement that we must do? It, it's about taking off. 
If you are part of the body of Christ, now I'm putting it as the church today, because what Paul is teaching to the church back then, the body of Christ applies to future believers as well. That's why it's written for us to follow these examples as past believers of the body of Christ. Okay. Verse 5 says, Mortify therefore your members. Take control. Get prepared to take these things off. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth. Okay. Take this off. Fornication. We have no business going out there committing fornication. Now fornication is just sex outside of marriage. The opposite of adultery. Paul put emphasis on fornication. Maybe that was kind of prevalent with a few believers or he's just giving them an example how the world lives. Therefore, the body of Christ needs to not be practicing this type of uh, devices. Fornication, uncleanness, unnatural affection, evil desires, and covetousness, which is adultery. Adultery is coveting anything, okay, which is adultery. Take those things off. We should not be involved in anything like that. That's not part of the body of Christ. For which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. In other words, these are the things that the world does. We don't have no business anymore doing these things like the world. How you know he's saying that, Joe? Because verse 7 says, in which ye also walk sometime. In other words, that's the way you used to walk. That's the way we used to walk when you lived in that type of way. This was before salvation. This is the way you used to walk, okay? Now, let's talk about the putting on. But now you also put off all these. I let, well, let's finish with the putting off. I'm sorry. But now you also put off all these. Here's some more things we need to put off, which is very important. Anger. Wrath. Malice. And you notice the difference between five and eight. Uh, five was mainly uh, its acts. And its acts of doing uh evil desires with your body and different things like that you know it, it's more of a physical thing like fornication physical touch uncleanness you know what that is inordinate affection evil concupiscence covetousness that can be physical or mental he deals with that in five but eight is more like mental it's uh it's a mindset it's a heart set uh put off all these take off anger Wrath, mindset, malice, evil intentions, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Nine, lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds. Now let's go back to verse 7. Colossians 3 and 7. When it goes in, in which ye walk, or you used to walk in this way. Then he says, put off all this anger, wrath. Malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. You notice, he did not say the Holy Spirit would take it off us. Or them, speaking to the church, the body of Christ then. But it's, it, it does pertain to the church today as well. So whenever he's talking to the body of Christ, it applies to the future saints also, which is the body of Christ today. Okay, I want you to understand that. But now you also put off all these Stop getting the attitude. Stop being quick-tempered. Why do I say that? You see, don't practice being angry. Don't be so quick to hold on to anger. Why do I say it like that? Because Ephesians says, be ye angry and sin not, which means it's okay to be anger, angry. Uh, some anger is justifiable in the eyes of God. Okay, so it's not so much that you are getting angry because some things you need to be angry about. That's the only way you can see truth and get things to moving. You know, like unrighteousness and people being treated a certain way, whatever like that. Some things is worthy of being angry for. So this is not saying you ain't you shouldn't get angry no more. Okay, or you're not supposed to get anger. Angry. What this is saying right now is for a person that gets a quick temper. And stop getting teed off so much and walking around holding on to anger, which uh, in his earliest in his other letters, he talks about what happens when you hold on to anger. Huh? You giving place to the devil. You giving place to Satan. OK, so you have to put Paul, you have to connect the dots and you have to understand anger is OK. 
there's a time for anger, but there's never a time to just hold on to it. You understand what I'm saying? Which is also wrath. Malice. Malice means evil intentions. We don't need to be carrying around no evil intentions or conspiring to do something wrong to somebody, you know. Evil intentions, mal malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Let, let's slow down and talk about the filthy, filthy communication. Now, this is self-explanatory. Filthy communication. See, what do you, now, did they curse them back then? Cursing always been around. Now, it's a lot of made up words in cursing today in different communities. In the hoods and different communities Cursing advanced more as years went by So when Paul talks about filthy communication He's talking about filthy things coming out of your mouth He wasn't specific But whatever is coming out of your mouth Is not pleasing to God You know you know, in another one of his letters He talks about coarse jokes and filthy communication Just filthy talking See, you know, doubtful talking, negative talking, putting people down, filthy. He put emphasis on filthy so that, you know, it got to be some type of cussing or different things like that. Now, the cussing and the MF and a different type of F and MF, the things that we use today. Paul is not talking about that, but evidently the, the filthy communication back then, whatever it was, you know, sexual or anger or putting somebody down. Filthy mean it was really terrible. Filthy mean it was explicit. Out of your mouth. He didn't just say stop bad talking. He said filthy communication. You hear a lot of filthy communication today. But the, the uh, vernacular of cursing and using bad language and filthy jokes is not the same filthy uh, communication he was talking about in the same type of vernacular. You understand what I'm saying? See, because you got to you got to go back and you got to keep the time separated. When he says filthy communication, he wasn't talking about the filthy language that we use, the made up words that's used in the streets now, like f u and m f and s h i t and bad, nasty, filthy, sexual jokes and stuff like that. Was it back there then? Yes. Sexual and filthy jokes, I'm pretty sure was back there then, or just filthy communication. But MF and SHIT was not. That started years later. Now I like to do a little search. Where did those words come from? Who made up those type of filthy language? How did it develop? MF and what, what environment, what started the filthy cussing compared to back then? See, even when it said Peter cursed, we used to think about he just literally used the same curse words we used. Now, you got to admit that we, we thought that. But it wasn't talking about the same type of cussing that we use today because a lot of words, especially in the English language, you know, the old English and the new English language, was a lot of curses and words was just... Uh, uh, made up and uh, created later on down the years, just like anything else, just like clothing or, the, or something like that. It was created. So the filthy communication back then was no different than the filthy communication today, but it wasn't the same way used because it was the language we use today as filthy communication. We have certain uh, verbiage that we use that's different than they did back then. And you also got to remember there was no American language then. There was no English language back then. See, this is translated in Greek. See, but remember, Paul is a Jew. The Gentiles have different languages. Whatever the Gentiles are from, that's the language that they will have. If you got to understand that. So we cannot just, just say, okay, they cuss like us. No, they didn't. They had no idea. Americans made up a lot of these filthy uh, languages of today. The ones I just mentioned, S-H-I-T, M-F and everything. It wasn't made up back then. They had another uh, type of filthy communication. What it was, I don't know. But it was filthy. You see what I'm saying? So we got to learn how to... Uh, differentiate their time of dressing, their time of the way they spoke and stuff like that. Sex is the same. 
a lot of things that they do done back then, they done it before us. They committed adultery before American was even born or even Great Britain. They was doing that before we even existed. So fornication, filthy communication always been around, but a sexual physical act is basically still the same today for thousands and thousands of years. Sleeping around, oral sex, homosexuality, all that was going on for thousands and thousands of years. So it's nothing changed on that in, in that way. You understand what I'm saying? Why is I'm going this way? Because I really want you to understand the different times. But it means the same thing in the eyes of God. Filthy communication is still filthy communication, whatever, doesn't matter which way that it was used or what words that was used, because words were created as different nations started being developed. They didn't have as many nations as they do today. America or Great Britain, which we are the, the daughter of Great Britain, was not even thought of. So I wanted to get that out there. Okay. Now, fifth communication out of your mouth. Verse 9. Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds. Paul got a, pay, a pet peeve of a person that lies. Okay. A person that lies, a perpetual liar, see, you have to understand, lie not one to another. There's no need for us to lie to one another, make up stories. You know, just, just don't tell the truth. Lie not one to another. He didn't say to the world. Now, I'm not saying he's, uh, uh, he's pushing on the light only to the world. What I'm just saying, this is about the oneness. This is how we're supposed to be towards each other. Because a lot of things he is talking about not to do, he's talking about not to practice. Because he knows once in a while a believer is going to lie or make up something. But he's just saying a perpetual practice of lying like the world. He's telling them or us not to be like the world like we used to be. He knows most of us or most of them that live, got the nature of sin We'll lie. We'll not. Peter never lied. Peter denied Jesus. See, he's talking about practicing it, living that old lifestyle as a liar and stuff like that. Seeing that you have put off the old man. The old man is what? The old man is the flesh. The old man is your humanity. The old man is the way you used to live. See, we have been quickened as the church. We have been quickened and made alive, okay? The old man with his deeds. Deeds mean what we used to do in the flesh. See, we obeyed sin big time. We didn't even think about being righteous because we knew we wasn't righteous. So we just easily opened up in sin. Now, I'm not saying everybody. You know, but I'm just saying, sin became easy for us before we understood being righteousness and everything like that. So, in other words, don't live like the world. Ten, you have put off, you have put on the new man. Remember, we are new creatures. You have put on the new man. The King James says, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Now, who's the two hymns? After the image of him, Jesus. After the image of him, Jesus, that created him. This is Jesus and God. I know it sounds funny. In the King James, we have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge. Now, the renewed in knowledge is not the flesh. The person that was renewed in knowledge is the spirit man. The new rejuvenated spirit man that been made alive. That's the, I, I like to put a lot of weight on that. And it, it's important to understand who was saved. Who's the one going to heaven? It's the spirit man. That's the new man. That's the new creature. The spirit man is the new creature, not the flesh. See, not the flesh. So whenever Paul talks about the new man and we are set for the heavenly places, he's talking about the spirit man. Our new creature is the spirit man. Now we will get new bodies to go with that spirit man. See, 
But, but until that happens, whenever he talks about the spirit or our blessings in the heavenly places or we are baptized in Christ, he's talking about the spirit, man, not the flesh, not the human, not the carnal man. OK, see, we was renewed in knowledge after the image of him who was renewed in knowledge. The spirit man was renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. See, God and Jesus is one. We're created in the image of God because we also is created in the image of Christ. Now, image don't mean look like him. Okay, let me say this again. Image has nothing to do with us looking like Christ. It's who Christ is. No man have seen Christ in his glory. Only ones that seen Christ when he was on this earth, that was Christ, that was God in the flesh, in the human flesh. That's not the real persona of Christ there. So when we are created in the image of God, it's not that we look like him, or we are the same color, whatever color that was, or whatever perceived, uh, people perceive how Christ looked. Image means we are like him, see? His image now is that he's invisible. See, he's immortal. It has nothing to do with looks. It has to do with his immortalness. That's the image that the, the Bible is talking about. Not looking like him. Has nothing to do with that. Okay. And we have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Also, knowledge Supernatural knowledge is also the image of Christ. See? Supernatural wisdom is also the image of Christ. See, it has nothing to do with look-alike, physical looking-alike. Because remember, God is invisible. We will see the realness of God when we go to heavenly places. But he is invisible. We will be able to see God because we are now invisible and we are now, we will have immortal bodies, supernatural bodies. And then we will be the same, not likewise in power and all powerful, but in the image of him. Okay. We must understand that. Check this out. And how put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. 11. Where there is neither Greek, nor Jew, nor circumcision. Circumcision is who? That's the Jewish people. Nor uncircumcision. Who's the uncircumcision? Those are the Gentiles. Barbarian, Scythian, bond, nor free. But Christ is all and at all there is no different ethnicities in the body of Christ we are all I want see now Paul mentions Greek Jew circumcision there's many other other ethnicities now today it goes the same way even though there wasn't as much of different nations there's always only been one race there's always been just one race See, one race of people just with different ethnicities. That's that's God always looked at uh, the world as one race, not different races. That's man-made. We are diff we are one race with different ethnic ethnicities. Okay, so don't think Paul is limited only Greek, Jew, and stuff like that. It's barbarian, Scythian. He's talking about any other group, any other different ethnicity or whatever it is or whatever, male, female, all that stuff. We are one. Let me continue. Well, there is neither Greek in the body of Christ, nor Jew, circumcision, nor uncircumcision. Now, circumcision is the Jew, but circumcision right here, it means you don't have to be circumcised. That's under the law. Or uncircumcision, you know, don't make any difference. It doesn't make any difference. That has nothing to do in the body of Christ. See, the church is one. There's no certain rituals or certain uh, works that you have to do physical or mentally to be or color or nothing. See, it used to be like that under the kingdom program. The only way to the, uh, follow the kingdom program, you have to be converted or proselyted in if you was a Gentile. See, so there was a distinction under the kingdom program and there was a difference under the law. You understand what I'm saying? 
But under the church today, under grace, under the body of Christ, there's no dis there's no distinction and there's no difference between a Jew and a Gentile. You see the difference. The kingdom program, yes. It was Jewish and it was under the law. You had a few exceptions of of Gentiles proselyte men, but it was predominantly Gentiles. Just like under the body of Christ, I believe the body of Christ is predominantly Gentiles. Just like the kingdom program was predominantly Jews, the body of Christ, I believe, is predominantly Gentiles, with the exception of a few Jews. Now, how many few Jews? I don't know by numbers, but that's the way it goes, see? All right? But Christ is all and in all. Therefore, this is what we need to put on. We must put on, therefore, remember, remember we took all this out. First, we have to mortify ourselves. Take, get rid of the fornication, stop the uncleanness and know that an affection and fire. Then eight, we have to put off more mentally. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of our mouths. Now you go down here, it's talking about putting on. What must we put on? I'm glad you asked. Put on, therefore, as the elect, or the elect or mean the chosen of God. See, the elect he's talking about now is the body of Christ. But the, uh, the kingdom, the Jews is also is called the elect too, but in a dis different dis dispensation. Elect just means chosen. Whatever dispensation you are in, whether it's the kingdom or the body of Christ or the church in the wilderness, the elect always means the chosen ones. In this particular context, under the body of Christ, the elect means the church, the body of Christ, okay? Put on therefore as the chosen of God, holy and beloved bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, and long-suffering. This, we have tucked off, or we are taken off. Some people does it easier than others. We have taken off. But don't just leave ourselves empty. We must put these things back on, you know, metaphorically. Put these things back on. Mercy. Be more merciful. Be more kind. Learn how to humble ourselves of mind. Meekness and long-suffering. Meekness is something like being uh, humble, being strong. I heard one person say in terms like Moses was very meek. Now, meekness don't mean you're weak and you just let, you know. Meekness and humbleness is not the same. Okay? Meekness is just you are under control. You are under control. Even if you get angry, you know how to turn it on and off. You are more under control. You have strength. You have courage. You know, that's, it's, it's, look at it this way. You have some Buddhist martial art experts and some Buddhas and different things like that. Or they call them monks and Buddhas and stuff like that. They have the ability to drop you within a few minutes because of their trained martial arts see but you would not know that in most monks because of their humbleness and their servanthood and stuff like that see they are meek that's i was i would look at that and as a meekness strength and courage under control you know how to control that so we must be meek okay now there's other big definitions that can break it down more uh exalt of an understanding but that's just a little of my definition of meekness Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Now let's talk about this forgiveness. This is the difference between being under the law and the kingdom program when it comes to forgiveness. See, under the kingdom program, I don't have time to go back to the uh, scriptures now. Under the kingdom program, they was required, they had to forgive first. See, for them to be forgiveness under the kingdom program, they had the Jews, Israel, under the law, they had to forgive someone before they could be forgiven. They had to forgive someone first before they can be forgiven under the kingdom law. Check this out. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. We was already forgiven. Matter of fact, we was forgiven before we were saved. Christ done it on the cross. The finished cross, there is, that is. We was already forgiven. 
we got justified after salvation, but forgiveness only except Christ forgave the world. But the body of Christ, remember, he's talking to the church now, not the forgiven world. He's talking to the forgiven, justified church. Okay, there's a difference, big difference. Even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Now, this is not a commandment. The Jews had a commandment. They had to forgive first their brothers, not the world, but their brothers. We is talking about within ourselves. We forgive because it's a good thing to do. Because we was forgiven first, we should be able to forgive and we should give that same type of forgiveness to others. That's what this is saying. It's not a prerequisite. It's not a requirement or a commandment under the body of Christ to forgive, but it's good to do it. Israel, under the kingdom program, they had to forgive or they wouldn't be forgiven. You see the difference? So, 14, and above all these things, put on charity. Charity means love, which is a bond of perfectness. Perfectness in the Bible usually just talk, uh, unless it's talking about God, it's talking about maturity. Okay? It's talking about maturity. Okay. Now, I stopped at 14. I started in uh, 8 to 14. Okay? When I come back, on the next teaching on the book of Colossians, I'm going to try to go through 15 and maybe all the way to 25, okay? I'm going to try to finish this off, Lord's willing. So I hope you got something out of this teaching. Now, with the time left, I want to uh, get all my, uh, my listeners updated on what I have been doing, okay? And what I have added on my plate <laughs> like I need to add more things but I love the Lord I love uh, teaching the word of God I love being taught the word of God because in order for you to teach you need to be taught you have you need to be will you have to be have a willing spirit to want to be taught now the spirit is always willing like Jesus told his his disciples the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. It's the problem with the flesh. The spirit is always willing. Now, in the body of Christ, see, the spirit man, which is the new rejuvenated man, which is the, uh, the quickened man, which is the spirit that being made alive, that's who we need to feed. You see, that's the one we need to feed, not the flesh. But often we just spend more time feeding our flesh, you know. The spirit man is important for us to feed. Now, what I have been doing, uh, of course, I, you know, I, I do Body of Christ Real Talk. It's more of, uh, I could say, uh, what word should I use? Body of Christ is more of uh, events that I let you know. I teach people different type of things on different type of topics. Several different type of topics that, that uh, many people of the, the church, the body of Christ, and the world can relate to. You understand what I'm saying? That's why I don't do much Bible study on there. I do more now because I believe more believers, Christians, listen to body of Christ as well. So I have added more Bible study to body of Christ real talk. For the ones that's uh, my audience or my followers that follow me here on Connecting the Dots, Please, I advise you, if you want to know what's going on in the world, and I'm not saying you're not, and if you want to hear different topics or motivational speaking or different just inputs of what's happening around you, go to Body of Christ Real Talk, and you, I, will talk, I talk about a lot of lifestyles in our lives and a lot of worldly views, but from the lens of a believer, a Christian. Body of Christ Real Talk. Now, do more uh, Bible study on there as well. Okay, and I don't. Uh, I'm starting not to do for personal reasons long hour and a half uh, topics. It's now really in 15 minute increments. So that would be good news for quite a few people that just want to hear it, but they fall asleep like I do. You know, because some some of the teaching is too long. I admit that because I, I can be uh, very much long winded. So for financial reasons. And for personal reasons, I will only be doing 15-minute uh, uh, 
increments, if you can call it that, of different topics and, and different things like that, of all kind of stuff that goes around the world and stuff like that, events and updates. But only 15 minutes looked at in a biblical perspective. I'm sure you some that might be uh, something that uh, a lot of believers want to hear, okay? So check out Body of Christ. No more long, 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 long teachings now. Just 15 minutes, but you will get a lot of meat out of those teachings. Okay? All right. What I am also have added, I remember uh, a few months ago I talked about I'm going to start doing more of a virtual Bible study that you can, you know, request it and we can meet one-on-one. That is still open. If you are interested in that, I will kick that back in. But I, I have not got a lot of feedback on that, which is okay, you know. But those doors, I might shut those doors but, uh, on that. But it's still, if you want to do a one-on-one or more of a virtual, just still let me know. And we can still set something up, okay? You know, as long as it uh, lines up with my time and your time, you know, lines up with my time, okay? I will let you know about that. Okay, I have also... What I'm also involved in now is more of a, a program that I call What Does the Bible Say? It's a faceless, it's visual YouTube or just a visual Facebook uh, that I will be uh, doing, studying and reading the Bible, you know, with an open Bible. What do I mean by faceless open Bible? You won't see me. I will not be showing my face. You won't see me uh, on there teaching like you usually see on YouTube for different teachers and different people like that. It will be more something close to uh, Truth Time Radio Trey Searcy. And even today, I don't have no idea how Brother Trey Searcy looked, but that's okay. His word that he gets, his teaching is more important to me than seeing him physically. Eventually, I will. I have no doubt about that, maybe. But even if I never do, I don't need to. What he teaches helps me more than anything. I'm not, you know, interested in just seeing how he look. And we make up our own pictures how a person look when we just hear their voice. But we need to understand the most important thing is the sound doctrine that we get from people like Trey Searcy and others that do faceless YouTube. I will be doing faceless YouTube as well. But I will just use the old-fashioned type of King James Bible only opening that you're going to see on the screen. And I have a few already on YouTube, but I will be doing some live live teaching on Facebook. If you're interested in that, let me know. Or if you just look through Facebook, I will be doing some private and public public openings that I will be teaching the Bible on Facebook verse by verse. I will just pick certain books and verses and I will do a teaching. Not the whole books, but certain uh, books that I think whatever the Spirit of God leads me that's going to be relevant mainly for the church, the body of Christ. You know, if you're not part of the body of Christ spiritually, it will not help you, but you're welcome to it and hopefully you will get saved. And my goal is always for the ones that's not saved to be saved, to become Part of the church, the body of Christ. Now, what I'm doing, what I'm also have added with my portfolio is I'm a writer now. I'm getting into writing, meaning I write ebooks. I have written an ebook. I wrote my first ebook. It's a fictional ebook, more like a fantasy fairy tale, because I still like those type of shows now. You know. Now, not because of the uh, the mystical witchcraft stuff. No, 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 no. But I'm a person like this. I like the type of naughtier uh, stories or uh, what's that? The Pilgrims. What's the name of that? Oh, there go my mind just went blank. I hate when my mind go blank like that. But, you know, uh, the C.S. Lewis type of uh, Christian you know, children and adult type of movies. So those type of fictional movies I do like. What I don't like about it, and it's not a bad thing because most of them is not biblically correct. It's not sound doctrine or, you know, it's not biblically correct. So what I do, if I'm, when I'm doing a fictional, I let you know it's a fictional. It's a feel-good fictional and it's okay. It's not lined up 
you know, precept by, by precept with the word of God, but I'm making a story out of it and I will keep it lined up the way God sees things. So if I'm talking about different things about signs, wonders or different miracles happening in the fantasy, I'm not uh, saying that it's happening today or God is still using those things today. Remember, it's fictional. It's fictional. So, uh, the latest ebook that I have wrote, the latest, well, the only ebook <laughs> I have written is called Mr. Boo and Princess Nemo Foo. My ears keep, my plugs keep coming out. Mr. Boo and Princess Nemo Foo. Okay? And it's based off a real life relationship. I will explain that later down the line because I'm doing some other things too far to get more uh, audio, but to get that more characterized with the. Uh, it's a fun book. I think you will enjoy it to have a little fun and everything like that. It's not a Christian book, but it has a lot of biblical perspective with a lot of uh, movement and a good love story. If you like love stories, okay. Also, but my main goal is not only fiction to do ebooks it's bible teaching i will be doing this is the way i can take a lot of something is what i a lot of the uh content that uh that i do on real talk body of christ real talk or even here connecting the dots and just put it break down and put it in the ebook hopefully uh that'll be happening in the future so i'm, I'm kind of glad about it it's just a hidden passion that i always had in me and a hidden gift natural gift that i had in me that you know because of the uh, advanced technology and stuff like that open up my eyes and use the technology while i can for the glory of god for the uplifting and the ministry of god so i will be this way another avenue that I can get God's word out in ebooks now and maybe physical books but right now I just want to concentrate on ebooks because of financially that's better for me at this time okay I'm still thinking about doing radio radio is another one on for order for me to do radio I might have to give up something because I, I don't want my plate too full but you guys connecting the dots is not going anywhere Body of Christ Real Talk is not going anywhere But I'll let you keep you posted How I can put all of these things Under one plate in a radio uh, Type of style For the glory of God Okay? Alright This is Joseph Brownlee connecting the dots Until next time You know, let me just let you know That if you're not saved today If you just happen to be listening to me Or uh, listen to this Bible study I want you to understand There's only one way to be saved You might have had in your heart a hunger for the truth of God's word. And I'd like to be honest to all my listeners, whether you're saved or not. I don't have to answer for everything. I have other resources that know more than I do. See, I don't have to answer for everything. Only one has to answer for everything is the word of God. But I would I promise I will do my best to get the best information that I can to you. If I don't know it, I can just send you to someone else that have a, a larger audience than me, like the Trace Searches, Les Feldix, uh, the Justin Johnsons, and people like that that I periodically listen to, especially Searcy and Feldick, Les Feldick. I call them my mentors and my dads of the faith. You know, now me and Cersei, I don't know how old Cersei is, but Les Feldy, the late Les Feldy, okay? Uh, so, so that's what's been going on with me and everything. But if you ever, th you ever wondered how to be saved and how, what must you do to be saved? First of all, if you listen to my program or if you knew, don't worry about your sins. Don't worry about your sins. Your sins has been taken care of over 2,000 years ago. So that's, that's been dealt with. Okay? Now, the order for you to be, sin, be saved has nothing to do with confession of your sins, has nothing to do with the sinner's prayer, has nothing to be doing uh, with baptized in water, of none of that. Has nothing to do with uh, making Jesus the Lord of your life. It has nothing to do with believing Jesus is the King and Messiah. You must say, what? Why do I, how can I be saved then? 
you know, that's all I that's all I've been hearing about. I just want to know what must I do? If I ain't got to do all of that, what does it take for me to be saved today? It's, what it takes is your belief. It's the one that's still doing the same today is still Jesus. The only difference is your belief, your, the way to be saved has to do with your believing what he done, which is his death, burial, and resurrection. Not him being the king and the Messiah. That was for Israel. Okay? Not for him being a prophesied Messiah. It has to do with him being your Lord and Savior under the body of Christ by believing, like I like to say, I got this from Trey Searches from Truth Time Radio, the finished work of Christ is the way to be saved. Not him being on the cross. His finished work, which many churches still don't get it today and don't even know nothing about the mystery. The hidden message. The finished work of cross is the way of salvation. What is his finished work? His resurrection. His death, burial, and resurrection is what is required for salvation. That's the gospel of the day. Believing Jesus died, was buried, and the ultimate resurrection according to 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4. Now let's go back to why do I say your sins is not the issue. You go to 2 Corinthians 5 and 19 and that will explain it all. God is not imputing any trespasses against you or anybody else in the world under grace. I ain't talking about the past, under the kingdom or Jesus' earthly ministry. I'm talking about after, under the Apostle Paul's ministry, under grace. So the way to be saved today is believing in the death, burial, resurrection. If you believe that Sincerely Genuinely If you believe that in your heart And I'm talking about your physical heart In your heart Then your spirit man will be made alive Then the Bible will become more Alive to you When you apply it, you have to apply it Become more alive to you See, you cannot grow In the uh, Body of Christ or in the spirit Until you start feeding it with the word of God and a right sound doctrine. You understand what I'm saying? All right. Now, I'm not saying you don't read the whole Bible. Don't get me wrong. I'm saying the sound doctrine for your growth today. Apply that. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 4 is the way of salvation. Once you believe, you believe that, you will be saved. God bless you. This is Joseph Brown of Connecting the Dots. Until next time, we will be getting, we'll be starting off. Uh, I will try to go from. Uh, 14 all the way to 25 of uh, Colossians 3, Lord's willing. God bless you all. Love you all. Peace out. Bye-bye.